Okay. So we're going to keep going in this Midos of Rav Kook. And now we're going to talk about something that's, that's um, hopefully dark. Can we do darkness? What we can do dark tonight. You know, we're going to do the love. Khanna's not here, but but we're going to go into the we're going to go into uh, the depths of darkness tonight, and um, and just we're going to read this paragraph and then we'll 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 discuss it. So Cook says it's again. This is the meat of Ahava. This is Oisvav. I'm skipping. I'm skipping around a little bit, but this is the sixth the sixth little chapter. Midas Ha'ava, Hashriya Benishmas Tzadikim, the character trait of love that is buried in the Neshama of Tzadikim, he kolelas as kolhabrum kulam, encapsulates all of creation completely. And they doesn't leave anything out. Tzadikim love, they have their love spreads to all that's been created. Veloy am and it doesn't it doesn't exclude any nation or any language or any culture or any ethics or any nationality. Everything's included in the love that tzaddikim have, because to say it the other way, love is a midah that really doesn't matter. It 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 makes no distinguishing determination about what you are, who you are, anything about you. So it's not loving the content, so to speak, it's having the midah of love, right? So we, we talked about this from the beginning, that the, every midah has the subjective, the subjective uh, relationship you have with that midah. And then there's also the general klal of recognizing that every midah is a klal in and of itself. And the more you, the more you um, um, internalize the midah, the more you, jo- you join in with the midah, the more you elevate the midah. So he's talking about here, that tzaddikim, their relationship with the midah of Ahava uh, is they, they jump into Ahava full, full-fledged. And that's what, we, again, what we said right from the beginning. Midah, the midah of Ahava has to be all-inclusive, all all-incorporating uh, in every dimension, in every aspect, upwards, downwards, v'chulay, v'chulay. It's, it's, it has to be something that, that exists fully. And if I'm going to tune into the midah of Ahava, I'm not going to discriminate who I love, what I love, where my love goes, it's gotta, it's gotta be something that encapsulates everything. So now he goes into uh, what, what would seem to be something challenging, especially if we know a little bit of Nach, of what Shaul HaMelech was punished for. Shaul HaMelech was tasked with destroying Amalek, and he didn't. He didn't destroy all of Amalek. So now Rav Kook says, Vafilo Amalek, Amalek was meant to be destroyed only underneath the heavens. Right? So now, if the Midah of, of Ahava ex- expands and goes beyond into everything, then we would assume that that which is evil, it should not expand to. So he says, Amalek is not... Uh, is is not destroyed above Shemaim. It's only destroyed Metachas Shemaim. The 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 tzivu, the commandment of destroying Amalek is to destroy Amalek Metachas Shemaim from underneath the heavens, which essentially means earth. But he's making a diuk here. He's making a uh, um, uh, an intellectual 
inference. If it says that Amalek should be destroyed, then it means that Amalek shouldn't be destroyed above, above Shemayim. Through clarification, through purification, Amalek can be traced back to the, its good, its good roots. If you trace it, if you trace Amalek back to its roots, you end up in a in a pure place. which is higher than Shemayim. In other words, if you trace the roots of Amalek, you trace the roots of the of inherent evil. Back to back to its source, it's Ma'al Shemayim, and that place that's called Ma'al Shemayim that's above the heavens, which really means like the shirish of everything. In that place, Amalek is not evil. In that place, the the the, the of Ahava expands from Tzadikim into evil, into hell, into all that's negative, into all that's bad in this world. And has the capacity to purify and to raise that being up to its shayrishatayv. It requires a tremendous amount of energy. The tahara atsuma and real, real inner purity. The tzaddik has to be a tzaddik tahar. He has to be pure. He has to be uh, not just altruistic, but he has to be authentic through and through. In order to, to bring this yichud about, that's a Kabbalistic word, yichud, in order to bring this, this phenomenon about of tracing Amalek and bringing Amalek back to its Sherish Hatayv, that requires like some very deep and high uh, um, uh, tzidkos. And so he doesn't say, he ends, he ends there, he doesn't say not to do that. He just, he's just, Rav Cook here again. It's a it's a fairly poetic um, uh, paragraph, but he's bringing here a very important insight, and that is that even that which we are tasked with destroying completely, which Shaul Hamelech was punished for because he didn't destroy completely, right? We have to destroy Amalek the way we destroy Hametz. It's got to be complete through and through destruction. Even Amalek, which is what we in in our tradition we understand to be the manifestation of all that's evil in this world, even that, love extends into that too. We have to learn how to love that too. And the piece before, which, which is a much more lengthier piece, he talks about hating the evil of evil, but not the good of evil. That even in evil, there's, there, there are good parts. So that's uh, maybe like another, another angle here. But this is what I wanted to, to just talk for a few minutes about. The idea of loving evil, but the idea of loving evil to a place that where your love can extend into evil, that you turn evil into a cherished type. This is a concept we've we've discussed before. But just to bring out a few points, a few ideas, maybe even if it's even if it's Khazara. First of all, the Shlakhadr says, and the Bashantiv quotes this, and others quote this, that the Mishnah in Perkyavo says. Who is considered a strong person? Somebody who uh, is able to be kovish yitzro. To be kovish yitzro means to wrestle and basically wrestle to the ground your yitzahara. So the Shlach asks this question in every place in Pirkei Ovis when the Mishnah says, Ezehu, like Ezehu Asher, Ezehu Chacham. The Shlach says that Ezehu means which one? Which one is the Chacham? Which one is the Asher? Which one is the Gibar in this case. Ezehu Gibar, which one is the strong person? 
So Shlach says the Mishnah is coming to introduce us to different kinds of strength. And the Mishnah wants to know which strength is the ultimate strength. So what other strengths might be, what, what other strengths is the Mishnah entertaining? So, so the Shlach says that there's a concept of what's called Dochek somebody who pushes their Yetzirah out. Dochek means to reject the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah comes, evil comes, whatever that evil might be. It could be evil in the form of um, somebody perpetrating something on you, or it could be an, what we might sometimes call an evil impulse. We'll talk about what that means, even in a, what that means to have an evil impulse. Ezehu Gibor means it's not a big chiddush in your life to push, or at least theoretically to understand. It's not sophisticated. Evil comes your way, kick it out the door. Very simple. It's very cut and dry. And for many of us, we're, we're raised hearing that the Yetzirah comes, you fight with it, and it's just finished, it's out the door. The Shlach says that the Mishnah doesn't record that as being the Gibor that we're talking about. If you want to know what quintessentially in Judaism is the essential strength that, that a human being might have, it's not Ezehu Gibor HaDoichek HaSitzrei, it's Ezehu Gibor HaKoivish HaSitzrei. To be Koivish HaSitzrei means to wrestle. That means that you invited the Yetzirah in already. The Yetzirah is there. Now, there's all different things, implications. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to invite we have to we have to put ourselves into situations where uh, negativity can 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 uh, uh, attack us, or that we have to necessarily assertively go into the darkness. But in those areas in our lives where we are struggling with with uh, negativity, so there's two ways we can go about it. It really really the best way to say it is to say that there are two kinds of darkness we can struggle with. Sometimes there's a darkness that comes where we kick something out the door. We just say, look, I'm not like I hear. We could say to ourselves, we hear the inner critic, we hear negativity, we hear all different kinds of things about us, and we say, okay, fine, you know what, I know that I have a part of me that talks this way, and I'm not going to listen to to him or her, I'm just going to push her out the window and finish. Or, the the, the, the Bashantav says it it this way, there are certain parts to myself that I can't do that, I'll, I'll never be successful at, I have to contend with. I'm going to have to deal with certain parts of myself that are negative, that wrestle with me, that come back no matter if, if I try to kick it out the door, it'll come back stronger. If I try to repress it, it'll come back and beat me even harder. Which means that there are times that negativity and evil come into our lives. They call to us, they beckon to us, they ask of us, and we have to learn how to not be afraid. And we have to learn how to engage. Because if we don't, if we simply just call it as you know, something we have to reject, it will destroy us. And that's what I want to uh, uh, talk a little bit about. I had, I've had this ongoing conversation with a friend of mine about different areas in life. Um, and without going into the, necessarily the details, this is this is something we've we've kind of gotten into. I'll I'll let's say let's say um, let's use the following example. Um, let's say I want to I want to get myself to go to the gym. That's that's a project that I that I that I want to do, and I can uh, spend my time thinking about. I got to go to the gym, got to go to the gym, got to go to the gym. 
and I can create for myself all kinds of motivating factors to get myself to go to the gym. I can uh, ask friends of mine to motivate me. I can hire myself a personal trainer. I can push myself. I could read. I could read all kinds of books about the the effects of going to the gym. I can create a schedule for myself. I can be as disciplined as I want. And at the end of the day, I could walk around for 10 years, half going to the gym, half not going to the gym. One of the things I've learned in my life is that gyms generally make their monies by people who buy memberships and don't go. Because you know it's not refundable and uh, you buy a membership and you go five times or you go for two months and the rest of the time you basically paid off you know the gym's mortgage and they, they, they don't get, they don't get your, your, your work out there. How often in life do we struggle with certain things where we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and we just kind of chalk it up in our lives to being, okay, it's something we're not good at. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Now, now sometimes we have to learn how to just accept. like That's the way life is and fine. Other times we just have to wait for the right moment. It's okay, fine, you know, so I... I didn't happen at 20, maybe it'll happen at 30, I don't know. But then there are other times, and this is really where self-awareness becomes very important, where the failures are beckoning to us and saying to us, you gotta pay attention to something. I want you to stop what you're doing and to dive headfirst into, why are you not going to the gym? Not with judgmentalism, not with criticism, but a really healthy question of what is going on with me. And in that way, we have to kind of take the plunge into looking at the darkness, looking at the evil, looking at the quote unquote negativity, or the quote unquote evil, looking at the negativity, looking at the Amalek. Sometimes we have to learn how to be unabashed and, and not fearful at all about letting go of, of all of the um, quote unquote conventional wisdom of not touching the fire and jumping straight into the fire and learning about what is my body asking of me? What is my neshama asking of me? What is my Yetzirah asking of me? The worst, the worst idea is that there's complete evil, that there's anything that's complete evil. It's the worst idea. Because if we believe that there's such a thing called that's really purely evil, then we set ourselves up for a fight of a lifetime that's really not, that's not winnable. If there is such a thing as complete evil and all evil comes from that place, it could be traced back to a real reality of evil, then in the fight of good and evil, there's really no way for me to win. Let's just understand this for a moment. If evil is completely real, I might be able to contribute somehow some, in some way to fight with it and argue with it, but the koyach of evil is, is a koyach that, that is much larger than me. It's much, much larger than me if it's a real koyach. If things that are negative in my life could be traced back to pure evil, then it's a koyach that's much larger than me. We're talking about a koyach that would be in the oilamas in the somewhere, that would, would exist somewhere in reality that things kind of come from. just to try to explain this a little bit, maybe more practical for a moment. There are purely evil things that happen, right? Hitler was a purely evil thing that happened. Uh, um, overdosing and dying 
on some kind of substance is a purely evil thing to experience. Molestation is a terrible, evil thing to experience, etc., etc., etc. These are terribly evil things to experience. I'm not saying that those things are not terribly evil to experience. The harder thing in life, especially when you're going through a negative situation, is to know and recognize that somewhere, somehow, the lines got terribly crossed, but somewhere, somehow, you could trace it all the way back up to a Sharish Hatayv. Somewhere, somehow, things can be traced all the way back to something that's positive. It's Lamala Menashemayim. It's not Metachas Hashemayim. Metachas Hashemayim, on all accounts, Hitler was completely evil. Somebody shared with me a thought that they, their brother passed away at, in this, in their own uh, tragedy. And they, they were conflicted about something that they heard from Rabbi Yaman Eisenberger, where he said to them that the Neshama, right before the Neshama passes away, the Neshama is given a choice, either stay here or go there. And if the Neshama chose to go there, that means that the Neshama was saying that I prefer to be there. So this person was saying that they thought it was a very nice idea, but it was, it was, it was painful for them. And we had the conversation about it. But what came out of the conversation was if a Neshama chose, chooses to go to Shemayim as opposed to staying here, the Neshama is saying, I prefer the pain of your loss I prefer you to have the pain of this loss because I know that what I will do in Shemayim for you is, is 10 times greater than the pain of your loss. You'll never know that because the pain of losing someone, especially in a traumatic tragedy like that, you don't come back from. And there might be something of it, you know, a bunch of people happens, a bunch of people, Kaisal rallies together, maybe there's a Chama, okay, fine. But if that's true, if that idea is true, then the, then the, the, the godless of that idea is it's not that the neshama was selfish. The neshama wasn't selfish. The neshama didn't say, oh, I don't care what goes on down here. I'm running up there into Shemayim. The neshama in that moment has the consciousness to know that I will do better for you. It'll be much, much better. Be, the world will be such a better place with me and Shemayim than me being down here. It'll be better for you too. Ah, you're going to have to go through all this pain and suffering. You're right. You'll never understand it. You'll never know it. It's one of the it's one of the sides, it's one of the secrets of Gullus. We'll never understand why bad things happen, why evil things happen. But the but the Neshama says, I, I, it's just so clear to me that it's that up there in Shemaim, with me being in Shemaim, your life will be better. You'll never know that. You'll never understand that. You'll never it, it's a it's a mind warp. You'll never be able to get by that or through that. However, everything can be traced back to the to a Sharish there is no such reality as evil as a root, evil as being a root cause of things in this world. Ma'al HaShemayim, Ma'al HaShemayim, everything is purely good. Everything is purely beautiful. Everything is purely amazing. Metachas HaShemayim, there's Amalek. There's negativity, for sure. Sometimes in our lives, we're zeichet to be able to trace the roots back. Big tzaddikim can trace the roots back of big evil. I, I don't know, I'm not, I, I don't know about, I'm not talk, pointing fingers at anyone specific, but Rav Kook here is certainly talking about a reality of tzaddikim that could purify 
pure evil on this planet. Could they stop a Holocaust? I don't know, and that's not, that's not really the question. But for us to have the awareness that number one, evil itself doesn't have a root, in, it doesn't have a pure root. It's somewhere somehow a perversion of something that's good. Let's bring this down to us practically. So I have to think about wanting to go to the gym. That's something I want to do. I can think about the hesitations I have about going to the gym. I don't know, hesitations like I'm afraid of failure or the flip side, I'm afraid of success. I'm afraid of my body image. I'm afraid of what people are going to say. I'm afraid of what people do say. I'm afraid to, to contend with the fact that I'm lazy. I'm afraid to contend with the fact that I'm gluttonous. I'm afraid to contend with this. If I think of the, if I think of the evils, I'm going to fall down a rabbit hole like Alice in Wonderland and just plop myself into this complete devastating space where everything is hopeless, everything's over, and it'll never happen. I'll never grow. This idea that evil doesn't have a root is to say that sometimes we're afraid to contend with the evils, the quote unquote evils, the negative side, the dark side. We're afraid to contend with it because we're afraid we're gonna get lost in oblivion. And often we're given that message, like don't think about what's negative, just think about the positive, just think about the positive, just think about, just think about the positive, just think about the positive. There's a place for that. But there's also a place for saying, I don't have to be afraid of the dark forest because the dark forest in the deepest, darkest place in the dark forest is where the biggest light is. That I could trace everything that's negative back to the core of what's positive. There's probably no greater sugi in the Torah than what we just explained today in this week's parsha that, that addresses this. And that's the story of Paraduma. The Paraduma, first of all, the, just the paradoxes of it, the Paraduma has to be a pure red animal, right? A pure red. Now, red is, always means death. It always means blood. But it has to be pure, which again is like a, in and of itself a paradox. It has to be pure. Purity is not the kind of thing we think of when we think of death. Death we think of as being like over, destruction, oblivion. What? Red is usually sin. Sin is related to death. It's the opposite of pure, exactly, exactly. And we take that which is purely representing death and we use that to sprinkle on the people that, are, that, that have the death energy, Tomei Mace. We sprinkle it on all those people that have death and somehow that makes them tar. The clincher is, in, this, in, in all of this paradox, those people that deal with the, the, that deal with the purification process, they become Tomei. Right? So that's what all of, all of, the, all of the, the Mepharshim seem to say, somewhere, somehow, that part of the not the chok, the, the, the chok of not knowing what it means, what this side, what the secret of paraduma is, is because it's subjective. It's metame tahirim and it's metahir tameim. That somehow the people that, that get involved with it are, are become tame. So the question that's asked, and this is again said in many different ways by many of the Sfarim, are you allowed to make yourself Tameh. You're not allowed to make yourself Tameh. Who gives these Kahanim the right to engage with, with building, with, with slaughtering and burning the Paraduma? Who gives them the right 
you're not allowed to make yourself tame. It's just something you're not allowed to do. Who gives you the right to do it? The answer is that, of course, if you're aiming for tahara, if you're aiming for growth, if you're aiming for perfection, if you're aiming to find the sharish hatoiv, if you're aiming to find the root in something, because you need the wisdom of the darkness, you need the wisdom that's hidden inside the Eight Sahara, if you recognize that somehow negativity is pulling you to finding that which is good, because again, the Eight Sahara is not evil. The Eight Sahara simply wears the cloak of evil. When you meet the Eight Sahara, when the, you invite the Eight Sahara in through the front door and you wrestle the Eight Sahara to the ground, like the Shlach others were saying, you get to see that the Eight Sahara is a Malach Hashem. It's completely pure. Is completely good, is completely beautiful, has the biggest nuggets of wisdom that you can imagine, things you would never get to if you just were focused on the light. If, you're, if your intention is, if your involvement in life is to learn how to be metame, is learn how to be metaher, to purify the tame mace, if your job in life is to sweep out the forest and to clean the forest, if that's your job, and you're going to get you know, some of the dark dust on you, you're going to get the, the, the negative um, ex, uh, energy of, of, of Tuma, that's okay. That's okay. You sometimes need to have negative situations that are put in front of you. You need to engage the negativity in order to get to that which is hidden within. Now, this is not an advertisement for Averis. It's, it's not an advertisement for, for, for being dark. It's an advertisement for knowing that depth is a beautiful place. Darkness is a beautiful place. I wrote this, let's see if I can find it, if I can find it quickly. If I can't, then I won't. Um, we'll move on. I wrote this this week on my, yeah, I'm not going to find it. It was, my, it was on my Twitter account. I have like a little tiny Twitter account. The University of, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not big news. What? I'll, I'll tell you what my Twitter account is afterwards. Um, depth. The University of Depth. Take what you want. Visit there. Spend your time there. Sweep the floor there. Get to know all the things that are there, but then leave. And go back into your life and figure out how to live your life. Because darkness, darkness and depth are there for us to get wisdom out of. And that's where negativity resides. The neg negativity resides in darkness. That's why people often get lost in, in depression thinking that it's, this is reality. Like nihilism has like a really, really strong relationship to authenticity because it feels right. It's not right. At, this, at the site of all negativity, the, the root of all negativity, there's a sherisha type. Midas Ahava Love, love doesn't exclude anything. There's nothing that's excluded from love. Even I have to learn how to destroy evil in the Takasashamaim in my life. In my life, I have to learn how to destroy evil in the Metachas Hashemayim, in that which is underneath the heavens. In the practical reality, I have to be Daichich I have to, I have to push, I have to reject my Yitzhahara. 
But when I see that the that Amalek is pulling me above Shemayim, when I have to contend with the root of Amalek, the tzaddikim that spend all of their times dealing with the root essence of all the things that are going on in the world, so they know the wisdom. We could purify the Amalek that's Metachas Hashemayim. You could purify Amalek. You can purify the forest. You can go into the forest and find within all the negativity and all the ugliness, you can find the beauty that's in there. You could raise up all the negativity to its pure, its pure root. If, if it didn't have a pure root, if evil itself was a root, then evil is something you could never, ever contend with. If evil at its root was negative, you can never contend with it. Then the gibor in the Mishnah, the strength in the Mishnah would not be kaivish asitzray, it would be dechik asitzray. You'd have to stay away from evil, like a 10-foot pole, which means all of us would have to become Jewish monks living in, in, in a desert somewhere. You can, and anything that was evil, you'd have to reject right away. You'd have to reject parts of yourself outright. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't have evil in you at all. The idea that evil itself does not have at its root is not evil, is, is good, allows me, gives me the freedom to not reject anything. And that really is, to, as poetic justice, is really what love means. Love means the capacity to recognize that nothing is purely evil. And it's only through loving, it's only through being loving with myself that I could contend with the negativity within me. Shame, which is which, which in and of itself is like the biggest evil that's metakas hashemayim, a malek, shame, just suffix, self-doubt, shame, negativity, that stuff doesn't allow me to be clear about myself. If you want to know how to enter the forest, you want to know how to enter the darkness, it's, it can only be through love. You can only visit the darkness. You can't be an inhabitant of the darkness. You visit the darkness. Now, sometimes you have to visit the darkness for 40 years. That's fine. We traveled in the desert for 40 years, okay? But with the recognition that the darkness in and of itself is not purely at its root, dark. There's no such thing as pure evil. Ma'ala Shemayim, above Shemayim, it's all positive. And the tzaddikim are the ones who live with that level of, of Ahava all the time. But for each and every one of us, we have the capacity to be loving within ourselves, to be loving towards ourselves, to approach ourselves with love so that we can contend with those areas in life that we have to clarify and to be loving of each other, to recognize that in our relationships with each other, we don't have to see the ugliness. And even when we see the ugliness, we can move on from the ugliness because the ugliness is, never defines anything. Evil never defines anything. My broken to all of us is that none of us should ever have to experience evil that's metachas hashemayim, that seems to be completely negative, that ruins, that ruins us. No, nobody should ever have that ever happen. And if it has, Hashem should give us the ability to be able to move out from that dark place. But that Hashem should bring Mashiach in, 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 in that place, in the place of all evil, to bring Mashiach so that we don't have to ever learn Torahs like this anymore. But that love should be completely expressed and completely open. And whatever negative things are hidden in the darkness, in the negativity, should be revealed in a way where we don't have to be in tension with it. It should just be there in our lives. And we should be zaycha to really only good things, even during the bad.